0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name is Chandra and I am your host and welcome. So glad that you are here listening wherever you are listening today. I'm excited because today is another interview episode as part of the interview series about career change after the age of 40. And today we are going to be speaking to the fabulous Jay Harvey Yin to find out all about her many interesting career changes and about what she used to do, what she's doing now, so that you can get some insights for yourself if you're considering leaving what you've been doing for a number of years and starting your own thing. Hello, Jay. How are you? I am really great this afternoon. Thanks for having me. So, Jay, what about we kick off with you sharing with us, what is it, just I guess at a high level, what is it that you used to do for work and what do you do now?
1: Oh, that's a tricky question because, (laughs) um, you know, as a fellow Gemini, you do understand that we like to do lots of things. (laughs) Yes. So I've always done lots of things in my career throughout my life. I've worked for a important wholesale business you know as a straight out of school and managed the office for that for a long time and one was kind of um uh, copper sulfate and farm supplies and then it oh, was two wow. businesses and the other one was wholesale uh french designer children's wear so i would have you know a a Glamorous client, and then a guy that was up on the outback farm, <laughs> and I never knew who was calling. So, luckily, the Gemini and me could relate. Yes. And I worked with them for a really long time. It was a small business, and I really learned a lot about small business what to do, what not to do. Uh, and then I decided maybe I could do this on my own. And on the side, I was um, helping to run a theatre company for young children.
0: Oh. and.
1: I became a makeup artist and studied beauty therapy at night time so I left I sort of transitioned out of uh, my full-time role and opened a salon and freelanced makeup for a couple of years and then I had my own salon quite successful for about five years which was really good fun and um, then you know you have children and when when you have a life-changing event like that you have to regroup and reassess what's important um in your life and I couldn't I couldn't close my salon I mean I couldn't keep my salon open and choose which clients I would keep so I made the executive decision that it was enough so I shut the door actually and so
0: you so you just um walked away from from the business
1: yes and I probably in hindsight I could have done that differently but mm-hmm. things I believe things happen for a reason and I was I was kind of burnt out a little bit I was working long 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 hours it was a very very successful business it made you know it was quite a high turnover business and mm-hmm. and um yeah and I and I thought I just I can't choose because I had my my growth strategy was that I knew you and then your sister and then your brother and your auntie your uncle you know and I treated everybody so how could I choose you over your your sister you Mm -hmm. know I just couldn't do it so I shut the door which was a bit scary and I actually went overseas and on a holiday and thought oh I just might go to a beauty therapy trade show and I did and I met some amazing people was very inspired and so I became an international educator for a beauty company in fact several beauty companies uh, but one in particular and it was quite um quite involved so I brought a particular service to Australia that had never been done here before and went door knocking and then very soon, oh, I old school door knocking real old school like you know what? I, you said it's over forty, but you think I turned fifty-one on the weekend, so I'm I'm owning that. Yes, I'm fabulous at fifty-one. Excellent. But yeah, so I went door knocking, and I realized that I was teaching sort of advanced concepts to therapists that didn't even know the basics as I did. So I was like, and they want to they want to use what I use. So I then became a wholesaler, and it grew and grew. Uh, I had my wholesale business for about 18 years and I brought in a couple of brands. I was the master distributor for several brands. And during the course of that 18 years, I realized I we did a lot of advanced education. It was part of our our you know service uh deal for our clients Mm -hmm. and and also for the brands that we represented. But I found that so many people didn't know the basics. So I started an RTO which For anyone who doesn't know, it stands for a registered training organization. And so I ran the RTO and the wholesale business for about, well, the RTO was just under 10 years and I sold that because I just, oh, it's just very, it was a lot, a lot of work and compliance. Yes. I've heard that that. about RTOs that, you know, they can be a great business
0: model in some regards, but the legwork and the upkeep of record keeping is really full on.
1: Yes and I I just there was a few things there's a lot of tick box training that that goes on in that sort of space and Mm. I I'm a bit of an education snob and I wanted to do it my way and so (laughs) I did do it my way which meant that we had well amazing graduates and so many of them are still in the industry today but we just had a lot of extra paperwork to do and it just I just got a little too much so I Mm. and I was kind of oh, at my wits' end. So I thought, you know what, I had an opportunity to sell it. So I sold the RTO and I continued with um, that for quite a number of years up until mm, maybe sort of two years ago where I had a relationship change and um, I decided that maybe I wanted to try something new. Again, the Gemini in me (laughs) wants to, you know, explore. And I had, I believe that when you, go into business for yourself you really need to see the road ahead to be successful you may not know you know how far that road goes but I know that even when I was in the salon I always wanted my own product range with my own name on it right and so every step of the journey led me towards that goal and that goal kind of morphed I mean I ended up having other people's brands, but I was the face of that brand and I did have my own brand in the end. But but as I sort of came to the end of my um, time in that business, I really had done all of the things that I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I felt like maybe I wasn't really being challenged <clears throat> anymore and I had set it up in such a way that it was, you know, it, was, it could do without me you know like I I did a lot of the managerial stuff and I wasn't the face anymore and I had an amazing team the girls were just phenomenal and they were young and so I trained them to take over marketing and and customer care and all those kind of problem resolving things and so I would sit with them on a regular basis and mentor them to do things and I would do like high level planning and I loved that part of it but you know things don't always work out the way that you want them to and so um i kind of it all came to a bit of a halt and i thought okay so what am i going to do now <laughs> i'm this old and oh what so it was a really tricky time where i really had to reassess what i wanted because i think i had you know i had hit all those milestones that i wanted to do and create but now what now what yeah i also found that really challenging i'm i'm innately positive as a person and i always try to spin things and i just found it really challenging to work out what i wanted to do next and who i wanted to help because i always knew i wanted to help women in business in the beauty industry step up their game because often um beauty therapists estheticians nail technicians are considered you know lesser professionals be in the eyes of the public, but in fact you know the the um training is very detailed and so i I was kind of on a crusade to lift the the professionalism and and the- be- belief in beauty professionals in themselves that they were worthy and they have amazing businesses and they shouldn't think of themselves as second class citizens so, yes, so. Mm. I know all of a sudden I was like oh. I don't have a per. I don't have a purpose anymore. Oh, <laughs> crap. And um, so, look, I, I kind of, you know, I did quite a lot of courses. I did a lot of soul searching. I really connected with my woo-woo side. Oh yes. I had a lot of. I've always been. I think the duality of a Gemini is kind of that we can be two things. And I was always the woo-woo, and I was always the traditional businesswoman. And I brought a little bit of each to the, the other but I never fully embraced the woo-woo mm-hmm. which makes me laugh you know <laughs> and um yeah and so I so I kind of I actually found Reiki in a way to help heal my myself because can, can I just jump in because sure. so
0: you've just described this really amazing run of success in in starting your own businesses and getting them up and running and and going really well and then circumstances hit where out of your control or not what you may have chosen yeah. your know, late 40s at a point of starting again with something yeah. what is what is it that you're doing now are
1: you still working in the beauty industry no I kind of pivoted so I, I you know I went back I had an opportunity to represent a company doing a beauty treatment mm-hmm. uh, which is an anti-aging kind of treatment and so I do that service on clients and I, I will possibly be educating. But then, then I kind of expanded on the Reiki. I became a practitioner. I, I really love doing massage and hands-on. So I kind of did that because I had to put food on the table and I was like, ooh, what, what am I going to do? And so I did some consulting for a while. I spoke, you know, I helped some of my previous clients with their businesses. But I just couldn't find that thing that, you know, I really love. I am now doing a couple of things. I like to coin myself. uh, There's a a beautiful mentor, amazing industry leader called Marie Folio, and she Mm -hmm. uh, calls herself a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And um, me too. (laughs) I call myself that because I can't quite just do one thing. And I know that I've been coached and mentored many times uh, to do just one thing, you know, specialize on one thing. But I just can't find. I haven't yet found that one thing that that makes me stop and say, "Well, that's it. That's what I'm doing." Mm-hmm. Because, and even in my previous, you know, business, I did lots of things. But I do, I do understand that it's important to streamline your life. But I do, um, I am in partnership in a new business uh, as an NDIS provider in the disability space. That is and um we teach people with a disability to socialize and um form a friendship and peer groups through our uh social programs called the social space and we do um you know we have i have a women's group we we do uh, a walking group we have art and craft we have a you know a theatrical uh section we do sing alongs we have a disco you know it's crazy fun sounds um, fun. And completely not what I thought I would be doing <laughs> in my life every day. You know, coloring in is part of my regular routine now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of crazy, but I, I I really am enjoying it because it's a complete fresh change and you can really see the change in the participants. Like we, um, in the last few months, we have this one man that we've been working with and you know he he does a lot of writing and he colors in and he always colored in black and today he made me this picture and it was all the colors of the rainbow and I was (gasps) all I could do not cry I was gonna say did you have a little few tears so beautiful and I took a photo and I sent it to his mum and dad and his support worker because I was just like oh this is just amazing that that amount of change in just such a short period of time, you know, so I'm doing that but I still have a vision that's bigger for myself and so I, you know, we've just had, this, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic um, and people have been reaching out to me uh, and saying that they're very you know, distressed and there's a weird energy and am I feeling it and do they have any advice? And so I kind of just put my big girl pants on and I uh, offered a meditation series for the month of May mm-hmm. and um, I loved doing that. It was it was really beautiful. So I, I guess I'm in this unique position in my life at the moment where I'm lucky enough to be clever enough with the way that I set myself up financially which I think is so important for women I think it's important for everybody but I think it's important for women to be financially set up so that they do have space that I have been able to even though I said you know I've got to put food on the table that's because you know I need to have I need to have continuous income but I did have the space to play a little bit and try a few different things and i'm i'm planning to launch um, a membership uh very shortly uh which i think is where my heart is going to be mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know it will be to do with reiki it will be i think that my my next step is going to be helping women who are in the similar situation to me not necessarily you know relationship change but that whole kind of loss of mojo and you need to find it again. So, yeah, yeah. watch this space. That's coming soon. So, Jay,
0: yeah. Jay, seriously, you've just delivered so many nuggets of things that I really want to dive into. Please dive into <laughs> so, But I just want to firstly sort of see if I've got a handle on this because, as you've said, in true Gemini form, uh, you've got variety going on. So you used to be very much immersed in the beauty industry, shall we say, as a bucket, and you had various different things on the go at different times in that space and were
1: very successful. I'm even an international nail judge to the Nail Olympics. Would you actually believe there's such what? a thing? And the- I've been doing Nail Olympia for, well, since I actually competed for Australia and Las Vegas at the very – I think it was the first or the second. No, it was the first one um, way back when. And then I just became a judge and so I get to travel around the world and I still do that now because I just love it so much. Jay,
0: I'm making a note. I'm coming back. I need to find out more about the Nail Olympics. But anyway, so we've got this whole experience and success around that beauty industry space and then you get this, late 40s situation where it's like I'm starting again and now you've got a couple of strings to your bow and every time I, something else comes out of your mouth it seems like it's another one. But the ones that I feel like I've heard is that you you are sometimes doing some consulting for people in businesses that you feel like you can add value to. Yeah. You have got a Reiki uh, mm-hmm. service and business that you offer and you are part of a uh, disabilities services. Yes. Industry. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. And the, and then the membership. And then the membership will be part of an extension of the Reiki business. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay, cool. So given that all the things that you do now are really not related specifically to the beauty industry, no. how, how did you figure out, like, for example, the um, disability services business how did that come about was this something that you had been drawn to from earlier life had you had some kind of experience with the industry
1: how did that come about so it came about um so I think the thing is is that it it's terrifying so I may sound like I've got it together but this whole process (laughs) is quite terrifying and it really challenged me and you know challenged my sense of self. And, you know, I did a lot of digging in about what was going on. But one thing that I think is my secret superpower is that I pay attention. And I, I really listen to my gut. So when something draws me some way, I often will reflect on it later on and think, hmm, I wonder why the universe put me there. Mm. Wonder why I had to meet that person. Mm-hmm. Um and it sounds a bit woo-woo, but it helps keep me centered because so many things were going on and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is happening, this is happening, and this is happening. Anyway, one of my dear friends, um he's been in disability and is a counselor for many, many years, but never run a business. And so we can't, and we get along like a house on fire, and so we decided that we would be a really good partnership because we have such a complement of skills and that's how it evolved. And we actually started a different business Mm -hmm. and that kind of didn't, well, it it didn't do what we thought it was going to do. And so we pivoted there. And because we're both fairly flexible humans, we, we just responded and it's evolved to what it is now. And Um, you know, we certainly met many hurdles and had really quite a tricky time getting set up because of the government compliance with becoming an NDIS provider. And, you know, we're both very um, giving. uh, That sounds really conceited. I didn't mean it to sound like that. But, you know, we like to give back to the industry that's giving to us. And we looked for a networking group, And there wasn't one, and we couldn't believe it. So we started one, and so we do that once a month. And you know, and as that's you know, we just do that for free. But it it was really opened some doors for us because we've become sort of known in the space a little bit more quickly because we get to meet people. So that's kind of how that came about. But we, I wasn't really ever thinking of going into business with anybody ever. that but it just you know we we talked about it we set up the the um the landscape and you know so i'm still i'm studying disability right now which is kind of fun to go back to school wow. and um it, but i think because of i believe that every part of your journey leads you to where you're going and if you pay attention you are You know, you nothing is a waste. Yeah. You know, even those days of you know shipping pallets of copper sulfate really taught me the ins and outs of you know distribution business and import logistics and and all of that and -hmm. and all of those things, financial management, cash flow, all of those things because I paid attention. And so, even though when I was in that business, and I, you know, sometimes I felt a little underappreciated. because I worked so hard for them I just loved them so much and I worked so hard but then when I was in my own business it wasn't you know probably 12 years in and I remember thinking to myself I'm so grateful to those two people that I worked for their husband and wife for all the skills that I got and that I'm that I'm using every day because it has made me so much wiser yeah and I think that you know I was saying to someone earlier today, you know, when you get to a point like me in my life where I've done so many things, you know, in the olden days, women were old women, older women, (laughs) you know, were revered because often they didn't make it that, you know, but they were wise. And I was like, I think I'm going to embrace my inner wise woman and that's where I want to share in this next level. And I think, you know, in the disability business, My theatre background comes in. I'm always singing and dancing and, you know, and it's art. I used to be an airbrush artist, you know, so, like, that's one of my hobbies and that's what I used to do on nails. So that's kind of how my career pivoted and I me famous internationally because I did nail art. And, you know, so all of those things come in and it's like it's, you know, it's joy every day. It's really fun to go to work. It's sometimes stressful. (laughs) Let's not be, you know. Thank, just start, par for the course, really, if you're, you know, from a work perspective. You want to
0: have, you know, it mostly be, you know, fun and joyful, but there's still things that we have to do that aren't necessarily that fun. Yeah, of course. But, again, what I think is really great about what you've raised there, Jay, is is that question of the when people are at this kind of point of crossroads of trying to decide what's next for them and mm. wanting to, Choose the perfect one thing. I think we can sometimes sort of set ourselves up for a bit of pain and heartache when we put so much pressure on ourselves oh. to come up with that one thing. But also the beauty of hindsight, exactly as you said, that you know sometimes you don't realise until way down the track the the experiences that you've had, the whether it's certain things that you've learnt how to do that in a totally different context will actually help you. So like your nail art converting it into to, you know, colouring and other things that you're doing. You know, all of these things I think are a thread that are kind of weaving you but you can't necessarily see it until you're on the other side of it.
1: Absolutely. And, look, saying that, you know, like I am a member, well, we both are, of a beautiful networking group of of women business owners and I, you know, I came from being really confident in where I was and I was going to level up and da-da-da-da and then all of a sudden, I just didn't know who the hell I was or what I wanted to do, and it it was quite. Whew, it really shook me to my core, actually. And I and I think, you know, we put so many as entrepreneurs. It, you know, we're a unique breed because we we have to. We put such pressure on ourselves because, in a way, we have to because we don't have the boss saying to us yes. to get this done, and we don't have KPIs because you know we we are the KPI and, you know, we've always got, you know, plates spinning in the air and when you all of a sudden lose that and you you think, oh, what am I going to do? And then everybody's got an opinion and, you know, they're like, oh, don't lose your beauty industry. Oh, my God, you're such at a high level and why would you leave it? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Because that
0: leads to to a question uh, around how did other people respond when you've done this sort of significant pivot? Yes, there was obviously some personal things that were part of it, but how did other people in your life react when you said, actually, I'm not going to just go and, you know, start something new
1: in the in the beauty space? Well, shocked. Right. Uh, some disappointed. Uh, like I, I made a very graceful exit so that there was no harm to the business yeah uh so i you know after a certain period of time i made an announcement video and posted it to my clients and thanked them for their years of service like some of my clients had been with me that entire journey wow. um and so it was very emotional for me to sort of do that and people were so shocked yeah. and people still ask me today about beauty things and that's completely fine i i you know I don't think I will always be a beauty therapist and I will always be an an advocate for that industry because I believe in it so you know it's such a gift it's not just making someone feel better on the outside we do so much more as therapists we really are therapists you know we might be waxing a hoo-ha but at the same time we're hearing somebody's story and, and making them feel worthy or even you know feeling better in their own skin that's quite a powerful job and I always used to be so grateful to be able to do that for my client. Yeah it
0: is and, a very yeah. personal uh, industry isn't it and I think to your point from earlier that sometimes uh, people can regard it as I don't know, whether it's, a, it's an entry-level job or whatever people think of it. But, you know, you're letting someone uh, touch your skin, put things on your skin, rip things out of your body. Like it's actually quite, a, a you know, a very intimate, personal um, relationship that people will develop with, uh, with their regular beauty therapist. So there is a lot that um,
1: someone has to be able to do to be good, I think, in the industry and to last as long as you have. And I think that when we, when I was, when I had my RTO and I was training girls, you know, we, I was kind of a little bit of a snob, and I would interview my students Mm -hmm. because I before I accepted them, and um, I wanted the best students because so many people don't realise that you know they might. Put a little bit of makeup on, or you know, they don't realize the the lengths of anatomy and physiology and skin science. We do cosmetic chemistry; it's quite involved. Yes, and people don't always realize that, and parents don't always realize that for their daughters and sons that come to those things. They just think, "Oh well, look, she didn't get on very well at school. She can go and do a diploma in beauty." And really, the diploma in beauty is equivalent to health science, (laughs) university level, first year, I guess, and they get a shock so if they're not prepared for that you know we you we would end up having dropouts. so mm. I used to screen them and say if you think you just want to go a lower level and then work your way up so yeah I think coming back to your question people really did were shocked that I was leaving the industry you know really shocked mm. and it's such a fast-paced industry that I was you know, I thought if I do get out, will I be able to stay in if I wanted to come back? Mm-hmm. And so That's why I've stayed at the level, you know, I, um, I do this plasma pen anti-aging treatment and I offer that kind of exclusively. I don't, you know, I take a, only a small amount of clientele. Um, it's kind of very boutique. If you know me kind of thing, you can have it done by me because I, I <laughs> focus. I'm very snobby, but you know, it keeps my skin science current. It keeps me on the cutting edge. It keeps me in the groups, knowing what the technology is, just in case you know. Yes. Backup like plan. Yes, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's something too that when
0: you know, particularly women are at that point of trying to decide what's next, that there's this. You know, I guess different people take a different approach for either I'm cutting off that part of my life and I'm never looking back, and other people wanting to perhaps see can I keep one foot somehow in the door where I've got that as an option. And I'm a big fan, and maybe it's the Gemini in me that's coming out that, you know, you don't have to have just the one thing. I do agree that from a marketing point of view in business, you need to niche market and not try to communicate to different audiences in one marketing message. There are ways that you can have multiple niches. It does make things more complex and more um, you know, intensive work-wise. But I'm, I do think that for people, especially when they're starting out, to have some means of income to support them as they refine what it is that they want to do next or as they start to establish and grow because it, it's very rare for a business idea to, you know, be thought of and then launched and be massively successful really rapidly. So it's good to be, you know, thinking about how do you make that transition in a way that's not going to create, you know, fi- financial stress that will shut you down from uh, ideas. Exactly.
1: And I think the other thing too, you know, when you're going into business like that and, and from, you know, you may have an idea, you can always think about it in, you know, little milestone chunks. So, uh, you know, when I started in the beauty industry, I just wanted to do services but I knew in the back of my mind I really wanted my own range Mm -hmm. but I knew that if I didn't do if I didn't do my apprenticeship so to speak if I didn't serve my time I would have no credibility so it was always the long-term vision but you do what you need to to get armed and you know and and experience Mm -hmm. the way and um I think that that would I would certainly say that's a good plan. You know, and it's it's okay to pivot and it you know, we did it in the disability business because the idea was so unique that it we would have had to really start and use a lot more marketing dollars to get that off the ground and we decided that we we would actually prefer to go a different way. So yeah. it's, it's keeping your eyes open. Mm. And so there's two parts of that that I'd like to just sort of dig into a little bit.
0: One is about your mention there of that it's okay to pivot. And I think it's, it's I'd add to that and say it's, it's more than okay. It's expected to pivot yeah. because it's unlikely that the first idea is going to be the end idea and that you need to be responsive to market feedback. So I think- expecting pivoting is is a good way to approach uh, as well as taking a bit of pressure off, you know, getting started. The other thing, and you mentioned this earlier too about your longer term vision that you sort of always knew that you ultimately, one of the things you ultimately wanted was to have your own product range. Mm -hmm. Having that long-term vision I think is so incredibly powerful and beneficial to help make decisions about what you focus on but what would you say to people if they if they are not sure yet? How did you know what your long term vision was? Have you got any thoughts around that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, my parents when I went into the beauty industry thought I was mad. You know, I had a great job. I was, you know, office manager. I pretty much ran their business for them. I was, you know, it was a great job. But I always knew that I wanted to do something a little bit more creative and something mm-hmm. that really helped people feel better about themselves. At my core, you know, like when I was a makeup artist, I, I did a makeup for this lady who had a glass eye. And I always, you know, it was a trial for her wedding. And as I did her makeup, she I said, what do you want? You know, she said, I just want to look normal. So I balanced her eyes out and, you know, focused on her lips it was such a simple thing to do. She turned around and looked in the mirror and she just burst into tears. Oh. Such a like a moment of clarity for me because I thought and I was like, Oh no, it's okay, I can change anything. Yeah. Like, that's my first go. You know, automatically I'm like think that oh, she no, hates I hates it. Wrong. She hates it. And she then she just threw her arms around me. I'd never met her before and said, It's the first time in my life I look normal. And oh. I was like, wow, you know, if I can do that with a little bit of paint and filler, you yeah. know, yes. what could I do if I know more about the skin and what? how can I, transi- tra- you know, I can really change people's lives. And that's what drew me to it yeah. in the very first place because that was the core of what I wanted to do was help other people and to teach people because I just think naturally I want to teach Mm -hmm. you know so now I've forgotten where I'm up to (laughs) leading into that story but it was really about the vision and how did you
0: know it seemed like you were quite clear about the long-term view
1: I was because I always thought that I went to, you know, I went to a selective entry school. I went to McRobertson Girls High School. You know, we had to sit an exam. It was a bit bit of a big deal. And so I was kind of one of the smart girls. And Mm -hmm. all of my friends were, and I never felt smart enough. You know, even though I managed to get in, you know, and I went from being a straight A student to a, you know, a C student. And I always felt like I wanted to make a bigger impact in life and i always knew what i wanted to do and it's interesting now that why i floundered so much as an older woman when my life sort of changed so dramatically was that i don't have that vision right now mm-hmm. you know i'm like oh crap i don't i don't and it's a very uncomfortable place to be for someone like me who who has those steps in place because i kind of did all the all things to do, mm-hmm. the things that were in my scope, you know, and I was like, hmm, okay, now what I'm yeah. going to do. So I think that it is a lot of soul-searching and it is a lot of really thinking about what you want and why you want it. Yeah. And, you know, I've done every, every course under the sun that says find your why and I really struggled, you know, what is my why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that sometimes girl. those things
0: can make it sound like oh yeah just come to this three-hour workshop and you'll leave with complete mm-hmm. understanding of your purpose in life and look mm-hmm. I, I also I am a- those workshops <laughs> you know
1: i've done the why workshops <laughs> to my beauty therapy salon clients mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah well i don't i'm not i don't know that what my why is now but i do know what my why is at my core i was put on this earth to make people feel better about themselves and flip their negative into a positive it's a skill that I learned you know eons ago and I practice every single day it's just it's just part of my nature about seeing a different perspective and it's it's hard to do that probably for yourself but I can do that very easily for other people (laughs) (laughs) so I think that just working out exactly how that what that's going to look like has been my challenge Mm -hmm. but I do know that I I love to make people feel good yeah and look I think that
0: you know there's some great tips in what you've just said because we may not straight away be able to see oh this is now what my you know perfect purpose is and and my full life vision however it's about that exploration and being um, curious about the things that you're interested in and what are those things that you would like to spend more time on that when you were working full-time perhaps you know you didn't have time to do those things and to be curious and pay attention to some of that and to not stay still just because you don't know and I think yeah. for me that you know a big mantra I came across a few years ago that I just love and and constantly use with my clients and also yeah. for myself is that clarity comes from action and so having and I a, a broad idea of I think it might be somewhere that direction but then taking action and it could be instigating a coffee catch-up. It could be emailing to make an introduction. It could be, you know, writing your first blog article. Who knows? But some kind of action towards a broad direction that you think, oh, I've always thought that I might be interested in I don't know, uh, yeah. horse riding or Italian or whatever. Um, just do it. Yes, to, because then through that you get insights about, oh, that actually was a lot more boring than I thought it would be or I didn't even know that job existed. And so these are the things that until you take the action, you won't necessarily get the action, the, the answer. And so I think that's one thing that I just really – want to encourage people to take a little bit more of an experimental approach rather than putting so much pressure on yourself to come up with
1: the perfect answer. That pressure is completely paralyzing. Yes. So Little Miss Gemini, Jay, gets in my head. You know, I'm an overthinker. So I, I think every angle, you know, and I think that when I came out of this, you know this change when I had to look at what I was doing I froze for quite a while because I just couldn't I couldn't see it yeah and then yeah. I was thinking oh what if I do this and what if I do that and then then I just sort of said to myself Jay you've just got to move forward <laughs> somehow one step not 45 you've done it before you know all by yourself mm. sort of thing like you know and 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 when I had that business, it didn't start that way, you know, so it's just one little step forward every day and try to find people that, you know, that support that, you know, even though people were shocked that I was out of the industry, nobody has really doubted my decisions really, you know, when I've said, okay, this is what I'm doing now, and, you know, oh, you know, they just go, oh, okay, you know, that's what you're doing. You end up doubting yourself way more. And one of the things that I have is a, you know, a goals group. We meet fortnightly with women, we're in completely different businesses, but it's just holding yourself accountable. And I think as an entrepreneur, you know, having a coach or a goals group or a community where you, are held to task really helps and also to be able to say, I don't know, I didn't do anything in the last two weeks, yes. I'm Please get me back, kick me up the butt, you know, yes. or help me because I can't get this, I can't get this idea out of my head, or you know, yay, go me, I did it Yeah. You know.
0: And that's part of it too, is that shift that when you are working for yourself, you're you're starting a new business, it is really important to look at who you're surrounding yourself with and the impact of that. And as you've mentioned, we're both part of the Her Business community, which is an amazing um, right. network group. And I really encourage people that if they're thinking about already in business for themselves to be looking for finding their people because it's rare for people to have Um, a natural network of other entrepreneurs in their life through this interview series. And I've done probably about 20 or more now uh, interviews. Most people have shared that they didn't really have anyone, maybe one or two people in their life who was also a business owner. And so we have to go outside of our circle
1: to find that support And can I say, it's interesting when you actually do go out of your circle and find those people, it's like meeting, you know, like your soul sister. Yes. You're like, oh, my God, she so gets my life. Yeah. You know, when people say, wouldn't it be easier to just go back and get a full-time job, Jay? And I'm like, yeah. And I did consider doing that and I had three job interviews afterwards and that's all i put myself up for and all of them came back saying yes you're too overqualified and i was like yeah i probably didn't really want to do that that much yeah. you know, and you know if i had wanted to get a job i'm pretty sure i could get a job but i it wasn't really it i'm an entrepreneur we yeah. true true business owners are that you know and when you find other true business owners and entrepreneurs it it's it, we just have a different outlook things yes and it's very powerful meeting people like that yeah it's awesome actually yeah it is and so what about
0: uh anything else that you feel like has been a challenge for you in this phase of life for you making the transition into the various things that you're doing now i guess one thing is that's come up is you know your current decision of experimenting with a few different strings Mm -hmm. in the bow but are there any other things that have come up for you that you think are worth sharing in this
1: conversation I will kind of be a little vulnerable Mm -hmm. I guess the thing that I really struggled with was my own self-worth which you know on the outside you know on paper I'm pretty good but I kind of you know I really had to show up in a completely different way I really felt very alone yeah and I even though I have an amazing network of friends I've always been very self-sufficient I am the captain of my own ship I you know I knew where I was going and to to really have lost that I gave myself permission to you know be in that space but oh it's Mm. hard not to get stuck there yeah and then there's all these expectations that you have on yourself and what you think other people think of you and really they don't care but you think they care yes and then all of a sudden you're like well who am I to say that who's going to listen to me what have I got of value and and it's so crazy when I've even saying this out loud to you and whoever's listening because you know on paper I'm pretty confident pretty and confident, awesome but then you know, really, I just really hit that self-worth, oh my godness! plus the pressure of being responsible for my own life, obviously my children's life, but, you know, like me, I'm just me now. Mm -hmm. And that's quite terrifying. So not only did I lose, you know, like in this transition, you know, my marriage, my business, my car, my house, my, you know, like there was a lot of loss yeah and and a loss of identity in that I was known as Jay now Judge Jay the you know the beauty girl go-to girl yeah and all of a sudden I was like oh you know who am I and all of a sudden you think who's gonna pay for my services and I'm like oh my goodness me snap out of it but it's it's actually that negative self-talk which I really haven't been you know because I'm so positive and because I've got those those skills that I've really harnessed in flipping the negative into a positive you know it really bit me on the bum and I was like oh dear I'm I'm I've got to do that for myself and Mm. and it's been quite a journey I must say and and I you know Gemini's we like bright sparkly things we like challenge <laughs> you know and I'm like oh stop you've got to get some some clarity and you know and also I wanted things to happen faster than they did and sometimes there's limbo that you just have to accept that's out of your control and so it's been a lot of it's really tested my mettle I think and I, yeah. I really feel like now I'm I, I'm out of that now and yeah um, I
0: feel like it's so great that you've shared that because I think especially for really capable high achiever worker type women that are used to being in a role or a situation where they they They've done the hard yards, and they do have mm-hmm. the answers. There's a sense of of certainty and comfort that comes from that. And then when even when it's from your own choosing, as it was in my situation, to leave that to do my own thing, mm-hmm. there is a very unsettling, or, as you say, jarring, reality of suddenly going into a space where maybe I don't have all the answers right now and and what if no one ever buys a single thing from me ever and you know all of the what ifs and the questioning and the who am I that imposter syndrome it's a real thing the other part of it is which you touched on as well is to expect a level of an identity crisis to kick in the, again a client that i worked with recently she chose to leave working in a very senior very successful role in the media industry she chose yeah. to leave because culturally it just really was not a positive space for her it wasn't setting her up for the kind of trajectory of her life that she wanted to have and so she she resigned Yes. But even with that, she then rapidly fell into a space of concern around, well, what am I going to do next and what will people think and, and who am I if I'm not that job title anymore?
1: Exactly.
0: I think it really is something that people have to expect that this is going to come and it's almost like a rite of passage but you feel like you're on the other side of that now. And yes. so where to next for you? You mentioned that you've got this idea around a membership Tell me about that.
1: Before I say that, I just want to say anyone who is listening to this who is in that identity crisis, treat yourself like you would treat somebody else. Be so kind to you and because it is really awful and that's okay and find people that understand and just be nice to you because remind yourself. Like I actually put a post-it note by my bed to remind myself that it's okay and that I'm not an idiot and that it's going to be all right because I just got on you blown, you know and I was horrible to me like really horrible to me so I just wanted to say that everybody who's listening be nice to yourself you know because we are as women we just are mean sometimes to ourselves yeah so anyway so yeah so I now I guess um yes my I have wanted to have a membership Club since I was in training in beauty therapy since mm-hmm. the dark ages, you know, the <laughs> my students, since the dark ages of time, I've wanted to have a membership and I never had the balls to do it. And um, oh well, my big girl sparkly pants, I say, you know, yes. because I, because I just never really believed in myself enough to do what the amount of hustle um, that it would take for that vision. And so now that the world has changed in such a great way, and that we have this online space and we have access to people a lot in a a lot of a different way, um, I that's where I think I want to evolve the membership um, to. And uh, I've got a name. Do you want to know what it is? Sure. It's called Journey to Fabulosity. Oh, I love it. So it's it's still. in development but i i think it will really have my heart space and the people that i help will definitely um enjoy it because it's going to be a ride
0: (laughs) i think it sounds really fabulous and i can't wait to see how that unfolds Um, but jay if someone has heard you talk and wants to find out more about you and connect with you where should they go
1: uh, look I have a website for my Reiki business so that's uh, www.reikilovej and it's J-A-I, uh, com. and I also maybe you can find me on Instagram I'm just jaihy so it's just my name and my initial J Yin, so hy so I would love I love meeting new people I love hearing their stories and um, learning about them so you know Say day. I love I love meeting new people.
0: So. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure that we include those links in the show notes so that people can reach out and connect with you and you can find some new fun friends. Uh, but, Jay, as we finish up, are there any final thoughts that you've got, things or tips that you'd give to either your younger self or someone who's listening who's on the cusp of exploring this next phase for them in their work life and starting their own thing? Anything we haven't shared you'd want to yeah. share?
1: Look, I think. I think I would like to reiterate that all paths are part of the journey. Mm -hmm. So just pay attention to what's going on and be in that moment and really experience whatever's happening at that time. Uh, I think that if I was talking to my previous self, I would say be fearless, you know, Go bigger than you think you can because you probably can, and it doesn't matter if you fall on your face in the dirt because you can pick yourself up and, you know, we can always have a shower and start yes. again. <laughs> like you know, like I, I, I really when I looked back and soul searched, I know I really felt like I missed out on opportunities often because I was a little scared. Now, a lot, when I tell that to people, because I had such a, you know, kind of you know, visible career and, you know, people would laugh at me and say, you're one of the bravest women I know. And maybe I am to a certain extent, but I did sit on the sidelines and I missed opportunities of making offers for going bigger because mm-hmm. I was scared, and you know, fear is just an indicate. I look at fear differently now, and fear is just an indication of how much you really care about a certain thing.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, I go into each year with three words, and anyone who knows me, I I make a screen saver on my phone with those words. And I also put out at the beginning of the year, anyone who wants to share their words, and I actually sit for hours at nighttime and make the personalized screensavers. But anyone (laughs) who gives me their words, it's just something that I'm really passionate about because it keeps me recharged. And my words this year were fearless, financial and free, because they were all things that were very important to me to be fearless. And I it's scary to be fearless. I climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge earlier on this year and literally nearly pooped my pants because it was so <laughs> scary. And I said to the guy, I said, you know, who's going to go first? Me. And, I, you know, before he'd even finished the sentence, I was standing next to him because I thought if I don't, don't go first, I have to watch everybody else. Yeah. And also everybody else is behind me and I don't want to look like a doofus, so I'm going first because they'll be <laughs> looking at me and I just have to, you know, put my big girl pants on and it was quite a transformational experience. I highly recommend it. But I've done a lot of things that have put me out of my comfort zone um, this year on purpose, you know, Mm. and it does make you stronger and it actually makes you realise that you're not, as hopeless as you think you are, and that you can things aren't as scary as they are, so you know it's really comes from self belief. And you need to, you know, have a toolbox of things that get you through, like my crazy notes. I'm really grateful, and I have a gratitude alarm on my phone that goes off five times a day. And oh, what does it say? Yeah, they think I'm a lunatic, and I was like, telling in my meditation series that I just did you know one goes off at eight forty-five, and I'm in the middle of taking these ladies on a journey and we're on the beach and we're looking at you know <laughs> the sunset and all of a sudden ding, 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 you know comes on and I'm like and now we're going to be grateful in the moment and I'm like trying to turn my phone off, you know, keep the then and you know and I said to them afterwards you know I practice what I preach. I do live what I say. I, and I think that, you know, one of my strengths as a human and I'm proud of is that I do walk the walk that I say I walk. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I may be a little scary. So I think, you know, and find people that you, that can mentor you and look to people that you want to be like, you know, yeah. and just enjoy the journey because sometimes when you're in it, you forget to celebrate the fabulousness of your life. Like I would sit, you know, after an 18-hour day and I'm knackered but I've just finished this amazing new course or something, you know, and I'm all by myself in the factory. Everybody's at home in bed or whatever and I'd be thinking, oh, my life is crap. But actually then I'd say, no, it's not. Look what you just did. Yeah amazing you know you've got to celebrate that because otherwise what are you doing it for
0: yes and if you can't extract you know the gems out of what you're doing with your time then that's either a real kick up the bum to be looking at Mm -hmm. and creating what's next or for you to start to take responsibility about you know managing your mindset and looking for the ways that you can extract the goodness of of how you're choosing to spend
1: your time Yes, exactly. Because Mm. you just have to celebrate the little successes, you know, like right now I celebrated, you know, when I'd done 10 Reiki treatments, like, oh my God, you know, like it seems like such a small thing. I mean, I've done a lot more now, but you know, like I was like, wow, I did my first Reiki treatment. And, And you just, all of a sudden you come from a different perspective, but it's still worthy of, of celebrating because otherwise what's the point you know yeah. you, you have to create little bubbles of joy where you can because no one else will yeah and yeah. that's they might actually that's a lie because people do celebrate your successes and if you find the right people they will celebrate your successes but it has to come from you in your deep deep in your heart space that you know that you are worthy And you only know that by celebrating that. And being grateful is a great tool for that. So, yeah, I think that's,
0: you know. I'm a a big um, fan of of gratitude and mm. that no matter where you're at, it can be a great tool to tap into. And I think, you know, to be, uh, you know, recapping some of your tips of you know that, that everything that you've been doing is part of the journey and part of the process so not to be beating yourself up that you know it's been a waste because i don't think that anything has been a, a waste so I think there's some really great tips that you've shared, Jay. And I just want to say thank you so much for uh, giving your time to share your um, great journey and story. And I know that there'll be some great insights for people to you know, give, a, a, give themselves a little bit of a, a rev up to just get going and get started on whatever their idea is.
1: Oh, my gosh, that's so exciting. And I get a little bubble of excitement just thinking, ooh, maybe someone will listen and, you know, and really want to just take it to the next level for themselves. It's such a a rush. It is. It
0: is. is such a rush. (laughs) Yeah. Jay, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: So that's it for another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. But if you are at a point where you have an idea and you feel like the next phase of your work life is going to be you working for yourself, then one of the first things that you really, really need to get sorted is the money side of things. And I'm not just talking about figuring out how much money it's going to cost you to get a logo and a website done. I'm talking about you and how you handle the money side of your work and life. And to get you started on that, one of the things that you need to know is that there are actually five money zones. And these are five aspects of your life that influence how you think, feel and act around and with money. How much you earn what you do with the money that you earn, how it helps you or holds you back. There's a whole relationship that you have with money. So if you're going to create a successful, thriving business that gives you the sort of freedom and lifestyle that you want to enjoy, then you really need to know what the five money zones are and which one of the five zones you need to work on first based on your unique situation in order to have the biggest positive impact on how much money you earn and keep. And you can discover all about the money zones right now in an easy five-minute money breakthrough quiz that I've created that you can get your hands on right now at thetransitlounge.com forward slash money quiz. I'll put a link in the show notes for you as well, but it's thetransitlounge.com forward slash money quiz. And I really do encourage you to go and check it out because if you can get your money side of things sorted, then trust me, everything else becomes so much easier for you to start and grow your own business. When you don't have the money side sorted, it tends to be the fastest handbrake to your creativity and your business growth. So go do that now. You've got nothing to lose. Go do the quiz, figure out your money zones and go have a great week. See you next week.